you thought things were going bad for IU football, they just got a whole lot worse. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It is Tuesday, December 6th, and this is another episode of Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. I want to thank Omaha Steaks, because Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout and get that extra $30 off your order. We talked last week with Elsie Norton of Crimson Cory about how badly things were going with IU football and with kind of this ominous feeling that things might be getting worse. They got worse over the weekend. Uh, Deshaun McCullough entered the transfer portal. Does not look like he's coming back. There is a lot of interest in him, rightfully so, predictably so, uh, when it comes to recruiting his services. And there's no two ways around this. This is the worst case scenario. Um, He was one of a handful of guys that you really needed to come back next season. In some some regards, it probably shouldn't be a surprise. It was more surprising that he stayed this year than anything else, but as it make this any less painful, uh, obviously he was a huge bright spot in a team and a defense that struggled this season, played in uh, all 12 games, had 32 tackles, 32 solo tackles, 49 total tackles, six and a half of those for loss, four sacks. Three passes defended. Uh, He started off pretty hot. He really had a lot of his counting stats in that Idaho game. But he was still impactful. Eight tackles against Rutgers was his high. Still, he played a lot. He was was still a bright spot a lot. And there was a lot of reason. A lot of the hope and the optimism looking forward included him in it. There's no silver lining here, though. This is it's just bad. Um, this is a byproduct of both kind of the modern era of college football with, I'm which I'm in support of, but it puts pressure on programs to be good. And this is what happens when IU football isn't good. You can get these recruits, you can develop them into something, but at the end of the day, there is no future here for the next level. And these guys, that's what they want to see. So in order to get to that next level, they need to go somewhere else. That's this rut Indiana stuck in. I talked a couple weeks ago about the cyclical nature that Indiana's in where uh, the, the athletic department isn't investing and kind of how that leads to just holes all around the place. And, and, That This is a byproduct of that. Uh, When you don't put money into your program, when you don't have a good coaching staff, when you don't get wins, when the fans aren't supporting you, when there isn't NIL money there, 
and when the seats aren't being filled, you don't keep on you don't keep hold of players like this. Uh, in some regards, I would hope this is a wake up call to a lot of people involved, but I fear it won't be. Um, like I said, this was one of probably three players that I'd kind of earmarked that IU really needed to keep. It was Deshaun McCullough, it's Jalen Lucas, and I still think Donovan McCauley is one of those you need to keep. Um, he still has promise. Uh, Jalen Lucas, I, I don't really need to explain. He might be an All-American as a kick returner this season. He's already appeared on some All-American lists. Um, but those two are, are big reasons for, like I, like I said with Macaulay, for optimism for the future. Without McCullough, I, it, it's a bummer. It's a really big bummer. Uh, there, there's no two ways about that. That was just frustrating, disappointing news to, to, to hear. Probably shouldn't have been as, as surprising as I found it. Maybe I'd, uh, talked myself into him staying, but with Monday being the open of the portal, it, it ultimately shouldn't have been a surprise. He's going to be sought after. Sounds like Oklahoma might be the, the favorite right now, which is surprising. I would have thought he just would have went to Notre Dame. Fair enough. Oklahoma, I mean, that tells you the type of talent, the type of player he is that that a program like them is coming in right away to get him. If you guys haven't been keeping up, here's a rundown of everyone else in the transfer portal. We talked about some of these last week, but three quarterbacks, Jack Tuttle, Connor Bazelak, Grant, Grant Grimmel, Javon Swinton, Malachi Holt-Bennett, wide receivers, A.J. Barner, a tight end, uh, Charles Campbell, the kicker, and Chris Keys, uh, a cornerback. Pretty much all those guys are, are starter level for IU. Grimmel's not. Campbell has been. Bazak was. Uh, Tuttle kind of was. Swinton and Malachi Holt-Bennett were in the kind of rotation. Both kind of failed to impress. Uh, both were given opportunities. McCullough obviously was. Barner was. Chris Keyes started a couple games and would have would have fought for a starting spot next season. Um, probably was one of the favorites to to have one of those starting positions locked down. It's it's like we said last week. It might get uglier before it gets any better with IU football, and this could just be the start of it. There's also a number of guys who have declared for the draft: Devon Matthews, Sean Shivers, DJ Matthews, Jalen Williams. <sighs> IU's going to be in a rough spot again next season. Uh, you can tell by just the numbers. Matthews, Shivers, Tuttle, Bays like Grimmel, Holt Bennett, Swinton, A.J. Barner, all offensive players that will not be back. And then you have stalwarts on defense like Jalen Williams and Devon Matthews that are not going to be back. A kicker that was all Big Ten caliber at his peak. He had some dips in form, especially at the end of last season. Um, I mean, it, it kind of goes that way with kickers. You, you'll have good stretches. You'll have bad stretches. There were a lot more good stretches than bad. It, it's going to be tough to replace this group. Uh, there is some other, I, I don't even know if it's good news at this point. The Hoosiers did hire an offensive line coach, Bob Bostad, uh, from Wisconsin. If there is a place you want to get an offensive line coach from, it would be Wisconsin. Um, 
So that seems like a positive. Uh, he could there. There are some guys who have entered the transfer portal from Wisconsin on the offensive line that you would think um, could be had with uh, with Bostad, I believe is how you pronounce it, coming here. So we'll see. But like I said, just a really – it's not a good time to be uh, an IU – an IU uh, football fan. It's a rough one. Let's try to find some more optimistic things to talk about with the basketball team. It's not like they're coming off any more fun either, but the net rankings were released on Monday. We'll give you a breakdown of those and where the Hoosiers fall in them. Before we do that, let's talk about today's sponsor. As I mentioned earlier, Omaha Steaks. Guys, there is nothing better than sitting down at the table and having this juicy, perfect uh, slice of, of meat cooked to perfection placed in front of you. You remember where you've had those really good steaks before. Whether whether it's at home, whether it's on your grill, whether it's at a restaurant. Those, those stick in your memory. So that, that sounds like a perfect gift this holiday season. Omaha Steaks has you covered. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together... Special curated gift packages to help put to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, you can use the code locked on at checkout to get an additional $30 off. This is as good of a deal as you're gonna find. They are ready to ship your order right away. So shop early, beat some of that shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use the promo code locked on at checkout. Uh, minimum order may be required. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Now, for your second listen today, once we're finished here, head on over to Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide you guys they're available on this app youtube uh, wherever you guys are listening or, or watching podcasts at the net rankings were released on monday i'm gonna add the caveat that i do not really like these rankings they they f- they never feel all that accurate but this is what the tournament committee bases a lot of things on so it matters even if i think it's pretty silly at times the hoosiers come in at number 10 in the net uh, that, I mean, given all the caveats, I said this, that feels about where they should be right now. Uh, they are seven and one, obviously on the season. So your explanation for kind of your quad one breakdown games, and this gets kind of complicated. I'm going to try to, to keep it simple as possible because right now IU really only has quad one and quad two wins. Uh, Isaac shade who came on the show last week, Locked on Tar Heels, locked on college basketball host, gave a, a bigger breakdown, but basically home games versus top 30 opponents, neutral site games versus top 50 opponents, road games versus top 75 opponents are all quad one wins. It expands from there um, within the same parameters, though, 30, 50, 75, uh, to give you a sense of quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four. 
obviously, especially in IU situation, quad one and quad two is all that that really matters. Uh, you should be winning quad three and quad four games. So, given that breakdown, IU is one and one in quad one games so far this season. A little surprising. The win at Xavier is their best victory so far. Xavier barely sneaks in. No, they don't. That was a road game. So Xavier is 48th. That they needed to be top 75 to be a quad one win. So that win's probably going to stay a quad one win. So you can tell that 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 was a big win. I mean, there's no beating around the bush on that one. That was a very big win. That was an important win. Interestingly, the toughest one of the toughest opponents I use face that Rutgers game. Uh, Rutgers comes in at 30th in uh, quad one or in the net ranking. So it's a quad one game. That is the toughest game Indiana's played yet this season. So as frustrating as that game was, there is that caveat. Like that is based on net, the hardest opponent Indiana's faced this season. Ken Palm doesn't have it quite to that level, uh, but they're right there. I mean, right now Ken Palm has, North Carolina 24th, Rutgers 30th, Xavier 31st. So in the grand scheme of things, as bad as that loss felt on Saturday and as, I don't want to say inexcusable, but as much as it felt like a game you should win, it wasn't a bad loss. Like it's not something that's going to stick on your resume come um, selection Sunday as, oh, you know, Indiana lost at Rutgers. That's a bad loss. That's a that's a tough Rutgers team that losing on the road, that was a tough way to open the season. We're going to talk about kind of stuff from that game. Uh, but it's not, it's not a bad loss. It's a frustrating loss, not a bad loss. Quad two, there has only been one game Indiana's played in quad two. It's a UNC game uh, that UNC win. UNC is 30, I believe 38th. That very easily... If you're an Indiana fan, North Carolina's 39th. You are rooting for North Carolina to get its act together. Because the better North Carolina looks, uh, the better Indiana's resume looks. Because if Indiana adds a quad one win, that's good for Selection Sunday. So if you're now that they're gone you, you and off the schedule, you want North Carolina to start winning games. Uh, to move that win back to a quad one win. The uh, a couple of other things, that's it. There, there's just quad one and quad two or three games. Uh, the other five games on IU schedule have all been quad four, which on one hand is weird, uh, but I mean, they're going to get tested really quick because the Arizona game coming up, a neutral site game, Arizona is 26. That is a quad one game on Saturday. And then after that, Kansas is 18th. That is obviously a quad one game uh, the week after that. So I use going to have two more quad one chances here. If you go 500 in them, that's, that's about as good as you can hope. Realistically, if you come out of the, uh, the end of that two and two versus quad one teams, potentially three and two uh, with a UNC improvement, then I think I would take three and two out of these quad one games. A winning record against those feels pretty good. So I think that should be the aim right now. 
Uh, it's going to be tough, though. Arizona and Kansas are really good. That's going to be really tough. We'll see if they're able to get that done. But the net is something we're going to have to keep an eye on this year. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of it. The tournament committee is, though, so we'll keep an eye on that this season. I've ignored it in seasons prior because, I mean, last year I was on the bubble. There were other things you could talk about. This is going to matter when it comes to seeding. And IU is going to be fighting for some of the top seeds. So we'll keep an eye on that throughout the season. Let's talk about this IU basketball team specifically. I said on yesterday's show I wanted to dive into some deeper stuff, specifically about the depth, quote-unquote depth, this team has because it isn't showing up. And uh, if IU wants to to contend at the level it, it, uh, it hopes to contend at, that's going to have to change. So we'll talk about that uh, here in just one moment. Before we do that, though, let's talk about a a friend we haven't talked about in a while, Built Bar. Uh, Can we pause the pod for a second? Okay, we're paused. Don't actually pause. Just theoretically pause. Great, because you got to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors, cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper. I've had the cookie dough topper fantastic i'm a big fan of cookie dough look at me you can probably tell that that is my favorite new built bar why well one thing is it's covered in 100 real chocolate but it still has 17 grams of protein and shockingly low sugar and calories 130 calories uh this tastes like a candy bar this will replace whatever candy bar you want uh in the magical wonderful time after you get get done eating these It's fantastic. You're probably wondering which new flavors. My favorite, like I said, the cookie dough topper. Cookies and cream is a traditional one I like. Um, The brownie, any brownie version one, I'm a huge fan of. But the cookie dough topper is my favorite. That being said, they're all unbelievable. And they're all different. So you can order a mixed box and try all five flavors yourself. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Let's talk about this IU basketball team and specifically the, the depth and whether IU really has it. Because I thought that was one of my biggest takeaways from Saturday's game. It's something we'd been monitoring and it's something I mentioned on here. But IU, that the depth that the Hoosiers had at the beginning of the season is not there. Um, it it wasn't there in the Xavier game. Really wasn't there even against the North Carolina game at home. It was a little bit better. And then it was not there against Rutgers. So <laughs> my my biggest thing is, if your depth isn't showing up in, in the important games, you don't have depth. You have a bu- like I said yesterday, you have a bunch of guys who can beat up on like low division one players, which I mean, there's some value to it, but like not a whole lot. <laughs> you, uh, you, you need these guys in big games. If you look back to some of the, the really good, IU teams, even that 2015-16 team, you had Yogi, Troy, Thomas, Rojo, Zizloff, but then you had guys like Bielfeld, 
Hartman, OG Ananobi, Juwan Morgan that could come in and do reliable things night in and night out. You knew that Bielfeld was going to be a knockdown three-point shooter. Uh, same with Hartman. Uh, when James Blackman was there, you knew somebody like Zeisloft, uh, and he didn't even start that many games, but you knew he could come in and give you some, some points from behind the arc every game. There were certain things you knew you would get from your bench, and you can even go back and look to the 2012-13 team. It was the same way. You had someone like Will Sheehy, who was six-man-of-the-year caliber, who was as reliable as anyone. Uh, you had Remy Abel, Jeremy Hollowell, who might not have been quite as dependable, but you always had somebody that could come off the bench and you knew exactly what they could give you on top of having a really talented starting five. This IU team has not had that yet. They've had Trace. They've had Xavier in most of the games. Part of um, Saturday is obviously that Jalen hood Shafino was not available, but they have not had, I don't think, reliable depth after that. Malik Renew is a freshman that has had highs, has had lows. I don't want to put too much blame on him because, uh, I mean, this is all kind of a new experience for him. The guys I, I do expect more out of, Tamar Bates, who has been improved uh, specifically in terms of efficiency, but there's been a lot of games where, uh, especially these bigger games where statistically you want more out of him did not score against Xavier three points against UNC two points against Rutgers. So while the 22 points were nice against Jackson state, I, I, I was going to win that game anyway. Like it's hard for me to get all that excited about, I, about a 22 point game. If it doesn't translate into actual production in the big games. Jordan Geronimo had a huge finish to start the seat or uh, a huge finish last season to start this season. He looked really good against Moorhead state and Bethune Cookman and then had one point and one rebound against Xavier. Uh, he only played five minutes, but then had two points and two rebounds against UNC and two points and no rebounds against Rutgers. That those two guys have been around the block. They should know what to do, and they haven't produced like you would want them to. Trey Galloway, zero points against Xavier. Did play well against UNC, but then zero points against Rutgers. There can't be these peaks and valleys with this depth. Um, and so that's, to me, one of the more concerning parts about the start of this this season is that this this bench unit that we thought was going to be super uh interesting and super hopeful uh, a big asset i guess to this team has not been that uh it's been a a, a group that has struggled and i'm i was trying to find the uh, the group, uh, uh, their kind of efficiency margin so far this season, I, I can't find it on the fly, but that Tamar Bates, Jalen hood, Shafino, Trey Galloway, Malik Renew, Jordan Geronimo group, 
Um, it had a lot of promise early in the season. It hasn't really lived up to that promise so far. Even if I, it's not any kind of final sentence on this group, they can figure some things out, but they're going to be called upon a lot in the next 10 days. This is going to be the real gut check time for them. Either they're going to show up in these games in the next 10 days, or they're not going to find their way into the rotation in a lot of these big, important games. So this is kind of, like I said, gut check time for them that they've had a number of games now where they haven't showed up statistically in the biggest games of the season so far. Um, IU needs them again. If they're going to beat Arizona, if they're going to beat Kansas, if they're going to go on to win a big 10 title, they need that depth to show up. So more than anything, that's been my, that's my concern kind of moving forward is does IU actually have depth? Uh, because it's nice to be able to trot nine guys out there against Miami of Ohio. They haven't been able to do that against Xavier, UNC and Rutgers. I, I mean, we talked before that. I didn't know that any of these guys were going to be that you would cut them from the rotation, but if they're going to play like this in these big games, cut, I mean, there's nobody worth saving from the rotation right now. Now, having said all that, I also don't want to overreact to this Rutgers game. The more time I've kind of gotten away and removed from it, the more, like I said in the last segment, it's not a, it's not a bad loss. That's a good Rutgers team that's going to beat a lot of teams this season, especially at home. Um, so I, I want to keep that perspective. And IU is somewhere between as high as they were against UNC on Wednesday and as low as they were against Rutgers on Saturday. Right now, those are your two extremes on the season. Probably not shocking that they came three, four days apart from one another. I don't know how much of it was an emotional letdown on Saturday. I just think that was a good Rutgers team that really kind of punked Indiana. But we're going to find out really what this IU team is made of over these next 10 days. We obviously have the Nebraska game. Uh, later this week, and then it's Arizona and Kansas, and that's going to tell us a lot about this team. Is it the contender we all expected, or is this just a different version of last year's team? How's this team going to respond? Generally speaking, last season, until they kind of had a, a, a losing streak there toward the end of the uh, season, I thought this team responded well. The Syracuse game, they responded well beat Nebraska, the Wisconsin loss. They responded well uh, about 10 days later, beat Notre Dame for probably one of their biggest wins of the season. They lost to Penn state on the road and then they responded well, beating Ohio state at home. Uh, they lost to Iowa and five days later beat Purdue. They lost that really annoying game at home to Michigan as a kind of an emotional letdown. And then had two of their most impressive wins uh, against Penn state and Maryland and then obviously there was that long extended losing streak uh, where they didn't really respond well in any part of that. But there are reasons to believe this team will respond well to losses. IU's going to need to do that um, in the next uh, 10 days or so because if you come out of this uh, segment 0-2 and ultimately 1-3 against UNC, Rutgers, Kansas, 
Arizona, I, I guess there's a, a Nebraska game in there. So if you're two and three after that, uh, that's rough. Obviously, it's not conference games. It doesn't set you back then, but you're not you're not looking at one of those top seeds anymore in the tournament. Um, you're looking at like a four, five, six seed somewhere in there. This is I used this phrase earlier. This is gut check time. Like this is where we're gonna see what I use made of. You're coming off a loss that was really bad. Uh, you had the high, you had the low, which team are you going to be moving forward? And I think that's what we're going to find out in this next week and a half, which IU team is this going to be? Is it going to be a, another version of last year's team that doesn't find any kind of consistency or are they going to find themselves and, and really become something that special team that we all thought they could be only time's going to tell on that one. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to, pre- to preview that Nebraska game. So for your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast if you're still listening. Drop us a, a rating and review. You guys are the loyal ones, the the ones sticking it out to the end. So if you can leave a rating and review, I'd appreciate that. As always, though, guys, hope everyone has a terrific Wednesday. And most importantly, Elio.